You are listening to The Man of Class Season 1 Podcast, all around the Male Identity Project, Episode 3, Earned Manhood. This topic is a very interesting one because it comes from a place that you may not have thought about before. So if you've ever thought about maybe losing your man card or having that fear, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned because we're going to kind of go over the historical piece of it as well as different ways that maybe you can start to reprogram yourself and keep moving forward. Every day the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. What's going on, guys? Back at you with another episode, episode three, all around earn manhood in this first season of the Male Identity Project. Now, when we get into the male identity and, and trying to really dissect and get into, you know, what does that mean and how does that all fl- flow and, and all this other stuff. One of the things that came up in a bunch of different research and a bunch of just interacting with, with different guys is this underlying belief. And I say underlying and it's like way under, so under that you may not necessarily realize that at this point, but this concept around born a woman, but you have to become a man all throughout society. If we go all the way back to uh, native Americans or even, you know, even before that, but there's always like this passage, it's like rite of passage of, of when a boy becomes a man and the hero's journey is written on that. And there's, you know, all movies are written on that. And, and there's a bunch of different audio media, written books, you know, so much stuff that has this underlying thing where, you know, you go out into the, you know, you grow up as a boy and then you go out into the world, life beats the crap out of you. And then you become a man out of that. And it's very interesting because even back when I was doing some research within native Americans in different tribal communities, they all have this, you know, some, their own different types of tradition and tradition can be so many different things, but, but it's really interesting because women were born and and that was it. They were born to be a woman, plain and simply like that was, there was no, okay, well, you're a girl now. And at some point you have to go demonstrate your worth that then says like, you're now a woman, but they did it completely different with men. And it was very interesting because whenever you have something, you know, You have something in life that you're striving for. There's always the fear of it falling away from you. And that's really what I want to get into today is this underlying fear that comes about where men feel like if they don't do something or they don't say something or they don't act a certain way that they're going to like lose their manhood. You know, we even we talk about this right in in different groups. There's, you know, joking of taking your man card and. You know, although that it's it's funny and, and, you know, guys different joke around, it's one thing to joke around, but then there's another thing of how is that really influencing your decisions? How is that really showing up and shaping the words that you say or the behaviors that you behave or your actions that you choose to take in the day? If 
you knew you had to, you know, and there's all these different terms of like macho or overcompensation or, well, that's why he drives a big truck because he's overcompensating or that's why he's a prick because of, you know, he's compensating or, or Mr. Macho, Mr. Manliness. And it's just, it's, it's interesting because it's almost the more insecure that happens. I'm going to say something that'll probably piss a lot of people off, but frankly, you know, it, it just is. It's a statement. You choose how well it, it actually impacts you. But it's like almost the more insecure that people are. And I, and say, I say people, men specifically. The more insecure a man is, the more susceptible that they feel like they have to prove themselves. That there's something that they, something happened a long time ago or, or somebody said something to them or, or something and that is driving a lot of, well, I have to be Mr. Macho and I have to be Mr. This and I have to, you know, all these shooting all over themselves and showing up how they need to show up. And it's very fascinating because it's almost like the more secure someone is within, you know, I, you hear this all the time as well. Like, you know, are you insecure? Are you secure with your your sexuality? And it's not and it's really, you know, let's call it gender. You know, sexuality is a weird term for you. Just call it gender how confident you are in your gender um, because it's, it, it's a, the more confident that you are, the less you feel like you have to prove all the time. And frankly, when you can get to that point, there's a lot of power that can be had. And so again, if I think of this overarching thing, this whole company that I'm trying to create here is, is man of class. And what does it really mean to be a man of class? Well, the man of class, the men that I'm trying to go out and trying to mimic and try to understand the dissection of what makes all these men, the men of the great is they didn't do because they felt like they had to prove they did because that was just part of their identity. It was almost like when you go out and you try to master riding a bicycle and then you like master a bicycle and you have to prove to everybody that you can master a bicycle. But then if you could, if, if your eyes are not set on just that one thing alone, but your eyes are set on something bigger, it's almost like, oh yeah, of course I can ride a bicycle. You know, I, I can do that, but I'm really, you know, right now I'm trying to do motor blading or, or right now I'm trying to go do something else. It's almost like in a way they move past that whole, am I, or am I not a man? you know, do I get deemed blessed by the gods or whatever that is that I'm a man and my manhood can be taken away versus are they shifting on what are the most important things, right? I want to be that father for them. I want to be, you know, a leader in the community. I want to maybe run for president. I want to be a CEO of a fortune 100 company. I want to start my own company, whatever that it may be, right? It could be, you know, you want to be a stay home dad, but you're going to do that because that's what feels right for you not what's right for society. You're doing that what's right for you. And it's almost when you can get past that underlying fear of is this is this coming across or is society going to be judging me for the decisions of what I do or dress or, or whatever that it comes out to be? Am I doing this for society to prove to them that I am a man? So they're not going to just you know blatantly throw me aside and say, oh, you're not a man, you're just a boy. Am I really coming from that place or am I really coming from a place of I'm doing this because I want to go do this for me? And frankly, I don't really care whether or not people are or are not going to judge me because I know people are going to judge me every single day of the week. It goes back to the judgment podcast that we did. People are people are judging consciously or unconsciously, frankly, both in 
all situations because the brain is constantly trying to control the situation. They're constantly, it's constantly trying to run through saying, is this a safe environment? Yes or no. Can I trust this person? Yes or no. Uh, do I need to have my guard up? Yes or no. And it constantly just feeds on all the stimulus that's happening around and it's trying to dissect. And so it's trying to make judgments, a judgment call of like, okay, I can, I can joke with this person or okay, uh, it's safe to to sit down and not have to worry about some type of a threat, right? There's no dinosaurs, there's no T-Rex, or there's no mountain lion trying to eat me right now. And so the judgment piece is always going to be there. It's just how well is that going to let, how well is that going to allow it to affect you? In other words, do you really come from a place where you are worried about what others are going to think? And frankly, a lot of times people say, well, you just need to, um, you just, you just need to get over that. Well, you just need to, you know, you be you, you know, forget about the world. It's one thing to say. And, and I always have a, this is always a hot button for me because I see this in, in previous generations where they just say something expecting that you just know what to go do. Like, well, just be happy. Like, can you just be happy? Can you just, can you just do that please? Or can you just focus? Like, stop being so distracted. Just focus. Focus on what you need to go do. You're like, well, that's great. That doesn't work. You know, you, as, as a child, that doesn't work very well when you tell your 10-month-old daughter, you know, go focus. And she doesn't comprehend at all what that means. As they grow up, even if you just keep telling them the same thing, you telling them so many different times isn't going to do anything for them. It's not going to change the outcome. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, focus. Oh, that's what they were trying to tell me. No, you have to figure out what is it? What does focus mean? What does that mean to you? How do you go about doing that trial and error and figure out the different things that is, is going to work? And so, you know, when when somebody says, well, just get over the fact of society's judging you again, it's just that's no different in my mind when somebody says, you know, we well, just have to just not let it affect you. You just have to get to a point of of being happy. You just need to be successful. You just need to have money. You just need to, you know, you can say all these different things and that's a nice face, you know, like a lip service type comment, but frankly, that doesn't ever get to the root of how do you, right? How do you start to step through some of this stuff? You know, and, and right now with everything that's happening in the whole world, the whole COVID-19, people are saying, oh, well, people are just overreacting or, oh, you know, they just need to calm down or, oh, they just need to go do this. If it was that simple, if it was that black and white, then people would have just done that. They don't choose to come from a place of fear. Oftentimes that choice is being made for them. They have the potential to make that choice. That's the difference. They have the potential to make that choice into choosing how they want to show up. But unless they make a conscious choice, they're just going to go do whatever their habitual nature is. And so in this case, when we get to the whole how well is is manhood versus the fear of losing that coming out and maybe some of that fear around society's rejection or maybe the society of, of deeming you not worthy anymore. And just saying, how can I just let that go? It's easy to say, just let that go. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen that way. And so getting into what that really means is going back in your life, right? Frankly, it's not a surprise that 
the more men I talk to and the more that I start talking about this whole traditional masculinity model of like what their dads and what their grandparents and what their, you know, different men of society and which is overall just not even within family, because frankly, a lot of times people had wonderful families. I had a wonderful family, but that still doesn't mean that other societal pressures didn't bring about this whole adage of keep a grim face, just be stern. Strength is the only trait. That's the only emotion that you can have. Don't cry. You know, and, and, and then that gets into that whole last discussion in previous episodes of that whole strength versus, you know, having some of those other emotions. There's a billion other emotions to get into. There's a billion other ways of handling all these situations. You're, you know, if you only use one tool in your entire tool belt, well, a master plumber or a master handyman is only, is only as good as the tools that he has. <laughs> if he only has one tool, he can only do so many jobs. He can't do a plumbing job with a hammer. <laughs> you, it's just, you're not going to be very proficient at it. And so you need a bunch of different tools in your tool, tool chest. And so that's the same with the, the, you know, the emotions and the thinking patterns and all this other stuff. And so when I bring all that around of how often are you going through your life, maybe thinking subconsciously, Right. Again, if you if you if you don't have the conscious awareness around the fact that maybe you're making all these decisions because you're deep down afraid that maybe they're going to find you out. Maybe they're going to find out that maybe you aren't, you know, that that traditional, quote unquote, man that that society expects from you or or the leader of the family that society expects from you. And frankly, to that, I'd say it's okay. Frankly, everyone goes through that. Every single person goes through that. Every single man goes through that. Whether they choose to actually discuss it or not is a completely different subject because most men will just say, oh, I don't feel those things. I, I don't do that thing, right? Coming from a, a very stoic place. And stoicism, although can be great in certain situations, doesn't, is again, it's a tool, but it shouldn't be the only tool that you use. That shouldn't be your default to go back to because, you know, stoicism uh, being stoic, kind of only being, you know, having that stiff upper lip and, and, and not necessarily showing all the emotions and not really necessarily enjoying life. You can go through life that way and that may be okay for you, but know that there are a more colorful life that you could be enjoying. A life that doesn't force you to take your fears and insecurities and to just shove them back down because that's going to, at the end of the day, that catabolic energy, we talked about this before, catabolic energy goes to catabolic hormones. Those hormones starts to actually eat the cells inside your body, much the same way that poison does. And those can have long-term effects, whether that's cancer, whether that's heart disease, whether that's, you know, so many of these diseases that we're, we're coming to find out are linked not because of DNA, because epigenetics is starting to show us a whole different world in that, but it's showing us that our behaviors and our decisions and our lifestyle choices is what's really causing a lot of these sicknesses to come about. And so again, right, go back a generation, go back two generations. How did they live? Well, they lived a life where frankly, they just bottled it all up and passive aggressiveness and, and all this other stuff. And it, and it doesn't work. They're still unhappy. They still make all these choices. And so the whole adage of, well, you know, I, you're not man enough to go do this. Well, how well is that working for you when you're stressed out, have no hair 
and are drinking every single night to prove to who that you think that you're man enough. Like there's, it doesn't make any sense. It, it It's self-torture. It's self-torture to what end, to what level, you know, and, and maybe you could take a different approach and to say, okay, if I am coming from that place, what does it take? What are the, tra- the traits? What are the habits? What are the the things that I deem that I want to be as I define myself as a man it could be in many different things. That could be a man of my word. I'm going to stay true to my word. Whatever I say that I'm going to go do, I'm, by God, I'm going to go do that. That's a very honorable trait. And again, go back through society and find the people that have had these successful traits. That's one of them, to be a man of your word. It has nothing to do with how much you can lift or how stern you can be it's whenever you say you're going to go do something you're going to go do it your say do ratio that's a skill set that is a definition of what a somebody that would say that's a great man is a man that says i'm going to be there for you and in support and when somebody calls you for that support and you don't just go "Ah, yeah not this time sorry (laughs) or i said that i didn't really mean that right the voice in our head (laughs) i said that but i wasn't going to do that I just said it for optics. I just said it for for whatever. No, no, no. If you say you're going to go do something, by God, go do that. You show up and be that man. Other other ways is integrity. Doing the right thing. Or doing something that you know, if you were to view yourself, if you were to take yourself, you know, 10 years in the future, if you look back on this, would you be proud of yourself in that moment? That's a great skill set. That's a skill set that... If you strive to be at, it's almost, again, looking at that level one or level two advancing. You're no longer trying to ride the bike and try to prove to everybody that you're riding the bike. You're playing on a completely different playing field. You're playing on the field where determining whether or not you are a man or not just falls away. Like that just becomes an unwritten rule. Like that's just done. Like you're you're there. Stop. Stop trying to prove that. Work instead on how you can maybe become the better man, how you can improve yourself, how you can maybe take that, you know, take that notch up from being a good father to a great father, from being a great husband to, you know, or being a good husband to a great husband or a great husband to an exceptional husband. You know, what are the areas in your life that you can level up in? What are those traits? What are those habitual habits that you want to adopt? And it's only through that that when you focus on that stuff, you are going to completely, fo- you know, fall apart, not fall apart, f- uh, forget about the whole, I have to keep demonstrating this to become a man because that's, that's a small time game. That's a small time game that you'll never win because to what end can you prove yourself of, of being a man? Like that's, that's not, everyone is going to have a different definition and there's no way that you're, that you trying to prove yourself to everybody else Frankly, it's, it's proving it to, your, to yourself. And how you prove it to yourself is what are the things that you want to set as a baseline? What are the identities? What are the, the habits? What are the, the decisions? What is the mindset that you're going to have moving forward that is going to get you to that place that, you know, it's, it's the be, do, have model. Who do I have to become in order to have all the stuff that I want to have? If I want to have a loving family, you know, my, my 10-month-old daughter doesn't care if I can pick up 500 pounds or if I can pick up 20 pounds, she cares that I'm a strong, you know, I'm, I'm strong for her when she needs me to be strong to hold her up. 
I'm there to hold her if she falls down and hurts herself, that comforting. I'm there to make her laugh when maybe she feels sad. That's what she needs from me. And that's what I want to be there for her. Versus maybe I need to do a bunch of different manly things, only eat red meat or only, you know, not show any emotions because I'm going to be that strong, you know, stern father. Eh, Okay. But how well is that going to work for you? How well is it going to work when you see your daughter cry and you're trying to be that strong person, not necessarily having those other emotions and just keeping her at arm's length? Probably not very good. It's probably not going to play out very well in the relationship that you want to have either. And so that's all that I ask is look at the areas of life where maybe we have looked as men of this whole earned manhood and this whole fear of it being taken away versus if you knew that you were always going to be a man and you always were, you never had to worry about proving yourself, how would you show up? <laughs> would you would you maybe wear different color clothing? Would you maybe wear um, a pink shirt and not have to worry about somebody saying, oh, you know, you're not a man because, you know, only men wear blue, whatever. I don't even know if that's true. I just made that up. But what are the things that you may wear because you want to wear? What are the things that you want to say that you want to say? Maybe it's it's dancing. You know, this is always this is always a, a, a fun one. I would go back through. I was one of the last people in my series of friends to get married and I would go to all these different weddings. Sometimes I had dates. Sometimes I didn't have dates, but I would just show up and I would just dance. I would dance with, with people that were friends. I would dance with people who I was friends with like the couple and the guy didn't want to dance. He's like, Oh, like, you know, I I just don't dance. Like men, men just kind of don't dance. They just stand there and look stiff. And a lot of times, you know, I, again, I, I had zero, I wasn't trying to prove myself as like, quote unquote, a man in that situation. I was there to have fun. One of my, one of my values is to have fun in situations. So for me, I would just go out on the dance floor and I really didn't care. I would just show up and just dance. And, and it, and it was one of those where a lot of times guys afterwards would be like, you know, like, how do you dance like that? And I'm like, I'm not a dancer by no means. Have I taken classes? Have I done this? I just go out there and I just, I I dance. I have fun. I try to make it a fun and enjoyable experience. And, but in those instances, they, they weren't there for their, you know, call it spouses, but girlfriends or, or partners or significant others. They weren't there to be able to actually have that fun and enjoyment. They instead sat down because they said, well, that's just not me. I'm just, you know, guys don't dance. Guys have two left feet. They're not this or not that. Uh, they can't be as open or expressive. When in reality, most of the time at the end of the night, those same guys would come up to me and ask me, you know, where did I learn to dance? Like, how, how do I go out there and dance? How do I become so confident to dance? How, how does all this stuff happen? So I know there's the desire, but I also know that there's this major fear that's standing in the way of men from just showing up and being how they want to be. And so I, I, that's why I wanted to have this as a big topic in this series, because frankly, I see a lot of times where Ben, you know, there's this at, there was this uh, phrase, I can't remember who it's, who had told it to me, but they said, are you playing to win? Or are you playing not to lose? And I see so many men playing not to lose in their marriage, playing not to lose 
in their happiness, playing not to lose in their friendships, playing not to lose in in social settings versus playing to win. Now, that might be the first time that you hear. They may have been, you know, the 40th time that you've heard it from me. But, but, but seriously, how would you slice your life differently if you knew that you were going to play to win? Chances are you might get on that dance floor. <laughs> you might make a, a, a couple wrong steps and, and you, you know, might make a, a fool of yourself or you might have people laugh. But if you know that you're not trying to prove anything, how well does that Laughter just roll right off you. It's like water that rolls down a waxed car. It just beads right off and just rolls right off. Doesn't even doesn't even sit there. How much of your life might you claw back knowing that regardless of how well you danced, that that does or doesn't, and I use dancing as just with this one metaphor, but but how well you dance does not represent how strong or, or how much of a strong identity that you have because you know that your identity and what you define as a man is maybe having that safety ratio, maybe having that integrity, maybe having that honor, maybe having family as, as first and foremost. So it's, it's an interesting thing that doesn't necessarily go back even one generation or two generations. That's just how that's been sort of portrayed into the world today. But it goes back even further through clan type mindsets or uh, uh, trying to struggle for the word, but like the gatherings, like the Native Americans or the tribes, that was the word tribes, the tribal type environment, you know, whether it was the Greeks or the Romans or the Spartans or uh, like I keep going back to Native Americans, like all of the tribes that that had congregated, there was always that rite of passage. And in some ways, we use that today, right? Many times people say like, you know, puberty is like that line in the sand that says like, now you're a man. We've, we haven't had as much of like, go slay a, a dragon or something and come back. And if you come back, great that you're a man. If you don't, then, then you're not. So we don't really necessarily have that. But then that also begs a question that if that was something that we used to have, sort of a yes slash no, and we don't have that today, then how well does that maybe, or how does that necessarily influence how well you might show up as a man? Because again, you're constantly questioning yourself going, oh, is this, you know, is this the manly thing to do? You know, do, do I, do I come across as weak? Uh, especially in a time now where there seems to be this great divide of you're either hard work nose of the grindstone, brutal death, right? That whole just like be the strength, no emotion, just drive forward, be, you know, be this, you know, cast iron or, or wrought iron and just blood, sweat and tears the whole way. Or you're the snowflake <laughs> and everyone always, you know, falls on one side of the line. And, and I'd argue that I think that there's a, there's a medium. There's things that we can learn from snowflakes. There's things that we can learn from that whole older generation where it was the grit, the grind, the stoicism, the there's there's a there's a whole bunch of different worlds that can exist in between those two. That I think is the way forward, because, again, if we look at all of nature in the whole vastness, there's always in the middle. 
moderate, you know, uh, struggle for what that right, the, the, I struggle for words tonight, I guess, but, but finding that medium, wherever that medium, the, the far ends of, of either spectrum usually leads to a fatal outcome. Now, previous generations had always leaned on that whole very, you know, stoic and, and no emotions and, and that whole piece of it. We're starting to get into the, what I quote, that whole snowflake piece of it, where everyone has their own feelings. And I, and I, and I value a lot of that, but I also value the hard work, which is why I say, I think that there's a, there's a big medium that can be had there where you can pull on both sides of that spectrum. And that middle ground is going to be where I think the success truly lies because you're grabbing from a bunch of different aspects and a different, in some ways, different dimensions where you're grabbing and saying, this is, these are the characteristics, these are the traits that are just going to serve me best in how I want to show up. And so I just challenge you to think through if you were to show up knowing that man, you know, your man card was never getting taken away. How would you show up? How would you show up if you if you chose instead of playing not to lose that you start playing to win in life? How much you start making different decisions in your life? How much you start showing up and being present? And even more so right now with whole the whole COVID-19 piece of it. There's so much fear and there's so much panic that's happening in the world. And it's causing a lot of inaction. And within that, I know a lot of people tend to, I know families, right? There's still somewhat, again, can be right, can be wrong. There's still a lot of families that look to the man to say, what is it that we're going to go do? I mean, they look at both the mother and the father, but the father looks at the mother and the mother looks at the father. So at some point you're going to be the one being looked at saying, what do we do? What do we do in this situation? as a leader of your family, as a leader of your society, as a leader of a company, as a leader of yourself, what is it that you're going to go do in a time when panic, fear, everything is starting to come around? The stock market has been crashing, more outbreaks, more cases, the decisions of whether you, you stay at home, whether you don't stay, whether you're a business owner to close the doors or whether you have to lay people off or whether you double down for investment, you know, whatever those, whatever your arena is in all of this, these decisions that you're making today are going to be the decisions that truly define who you are because the, the, the moments in the hardest times, and this goes throughout all of, of history, not necessarily even just within COVID, but the times in the most stressful situations, the times in the hardest situations is what challenges your identity to the core because again, when life is easy, you you don't really have to think about it. Of course, I'm going to show up this way. Of course, I'm going to be the most loving and the most supportive and the best man that I can be. But when the world starts crumbling around you is when you start falling into those old habitual type of things. And it's in those times where maybe you would choose to show up a little differently. There's a ton of opportunity that's about to take place because again, every single day, it's like every 24 hours, every single 24 hours, there's something that happens, something that changes within COVID, within the whole world, the whole landscape. So now is the time 
to really hone in on your identity, to really get crystal clear as to how you're showing up, how you want to show up. Because it's through how you're wanting to show up and how you start to show up in these stressful situations that can either redefine who you are or solidify maybe who you've been in the past. And maybe who you've been in the past isn't really what you want to go in the future. And if it is, if, if who you've been in the past is exactly who you want to be in the future, by all means, keep trucking. But if there's areas and shifts that you want to make, it might be because you're coming from a place of fear that something is being taken away from you or something could be taken away from you. And I challenge to say, how would you show up if you started wanting to play to win versus play not to lose? So with that, let's wrap up here. The next episode, so I want to make sure that you stay tuned, is going to be all around anger. So if anger is a big hot button for you, and that's something that you just, again, in the greatest of times you don't think about, but in the worst of times, that's a hot button for you and you really come from a place of anger, make sure to stay tuned. Till next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep moving forward.